In our book study this Lent, we are looking at a very, in a very broad and comprehensive way at the topic of prayer, using uh, Richard John Foster's marvelously deep and insightful book on prayer as our guide. Here, in this little end-of-the-day worship time, we're going to focus on one particular prayer, in, in particular, the Lord's Prayer. We call it such because our Lord Jesus taught us, and we will use Martin Luther's small catechism as our guide. Luther's entire catechism, not just the Lord's Prayer, but all of it, is included within the text of this devotional, which we are making available for you. They are available uh, on the tall table, the high table next to the office. Um, Just the Lord's Prayer section of Luther's catechism is also available on these purple sheets on that high table, perfect for putting on your mirror or your refrigerator and just pondering the sections we'll be looking at in the coming weeks. Or if you have a smartphone... There is an app for that, and you just search for Martin Luther's small catechism, and you will have it with you. And the catechism, and many of you know this, but the catechism, Luther breaks it down um, into nine parts, the first part being an introduction, the next seven parts being what are called petitions, um, asks of God, and then finally, a conclusion. Of each of those nine sections, Luther asks a question. In German, David, was bedeutet das? Is that close? What does this mean? What does this mean? Um, We're going to spend some time with each of those questions. Uh, We begin tonight, however, with, uh, with a scripture reading. And then a few moments of silence. And then just a few thoughts to send you on your way in worship. From Matthew 7 and from Jesus and the Sermon on the Mount. Ask, and it will be given you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for bread, will give a stone? Or if the child asks for a fish, will give a snake? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Let's be honest. We all realize that any relationship will only be as strong as the communication that goes on within that relationship. And so we all realize that prayer 
communication with God would no doubt be good for and strengthen that relationship. Just doesn't change the fact that prayer can be hard. For all kinds of reasons, some of which are just basic how-tos and logistics, but some of those of which can run pretty deep. Is anybody actually listening, we wonder? Or perhaps is prayer just a religious way of talking to myself? Are prayers answered, we wonder? At the end of the day, does prayer actually change anything, we wonder? Thirty-five years ago this past January, my father, who at that time was the age that I am right now, uh, was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, and I and others prayed and prayed and prayed for him to be healed, and he died. And I wondered. And the wondering was difficult. In the large catechism, which is a lot like the small catechism, except it's larger, written for pastors and teachers, Luther said. Luther writes about why it is that we should pray and can pray and do pray confidently, even though we wonder sometimes. All those things that we do wonder sometimes when we're praying. We pray and we do so with confidence, first of all, Luther said, because God commanded us to pray. He cites the book of Psalms, Psalm 50, call upon me in the day of trouble. And he cites the second commandment, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, except Luther always felt the commandments had a flip side, a positive side. And so Luther heard the command to pray in this prayer, in this commandment, the command not to take the name of the Lord in vain by using it the way it's supposed to be used, by using it in prayer. God commands us to pray. But Luther heard it as a friendly command. If I just tell them they can pray, he wrote, God said, God thinks to himself, maybe they won't realize how serious I am. So it's rather like a friend who sees a friend who's hurting and says, would you talk to me? We pray, Luther says, because God commands us, would you just talk to me? We pray too, Luther says, and we pray confidently even though we wonder because God promises to hear our prayers and God keeps promises. He cites those words of Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount, ask and it will be given, seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened to you. Mystery, of course, and most of our difficulty too resides in the truth that to ask and receive does not mean necessarily receiving exactly every exact thing that we exactly asked for, right? Jesus in his parable talks about a father and his child. I think about that by thinking of the times when my little girl back in the day would ask me for something. I loved her so much I loved her so much that sometimes I said no. Or sometimes I said wait. 
Or sometimes I said, how about something different? And there were occasions that the differences between us then were such that it was impossible. It was literally impossible for me adequately to make clear to her why the wise and loving thing was not to give her what she was asking for. We have people in the room right now who understand that at this very moment. There are some things you just can't explain to a child. (laughs) I can't remember who it was who said, uh, by the way, I'm at this life stage, I remember more and more things and remember fewer and fewer places where they came from. So somebody said, it wasn't me, that wisdom must sometimes refuse what innocence quite ignorantly asks seems self-evident. That wisdom must sometimes refuse what innocence quite ignorantly asks, what ignorance quite innocently asks, seems self-evident. Loving parents hear their children's requests but are wise enough and loving enough not to say yes to every request, and we do so often praying our own prayers that our children will hear our answer and nevertheless know and trust how deeply they are loved even though right now they can't understand. Which takes us to what Luther said is the gift and the promise given to us in the introduction to the Lord's Prayer. When you pray, Jesus said, remember that you are praying to our Father in heaven. An image Jesus used not to explain to us that God is male, God is not male. Nor is it an image used to explain to my daughter, for example, that God is a father exactly like me. Oh my gosh, no. I mean, I love her forever. I love her the best I could, but there were times I did not bring my A game to her when she asked me questions or made requests. Remember one time, she was maybe three or so, and I came home from work, and I had work on my mind, and she's chatting, 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 till finally these two, she's not here, no, I can say, these little stubby little fingers, they, they go, you're not listening to me. <laughs> and I wasn't. To pray to our Father in heaven does not mean praying to a parent who is exactly like any of our parents, our fathers or mothers, none of whom were perfect, some of whom may have been imperfectly, sinfully abusive. To pray to our Father in heaven is to remember that you can pray confidently, for you are praying to one who is perfect, who is always listening and whose answer to you, even the ones you can't right now understand, are always perfectly wise and perfectly loving, and that perfect love is love for you. Because why? Because God is our Father in heaven. Reading from Martin Luther's small catechism, Our Father in heaven, what does this mean? With these words, God wants to attract us so that we come to believe he is truly our father and we are truly his children in order that we may ask him boldly and with complete confidence just as loving children ask their loving father.